which talks about um, which came, when you need legal, what certain discussions about which things do or don't need legal. What we're going to what we're going to talk about today is um, we're going to start a discussion about dryers, in particular about spray dryers, and the discussion what we're going to talk about is the, the part we're going to talk about today, which is how we connect this in, is how do you know whether a clean is legal or hakol? The rule is if you use something right on fire. Then you need legal. If you use something, you cook up a pot of soup that was traded, then you need hagol. What's the rules? We're going to try to clarify what those rules are, when it needs legal and when it needs hagol, and that will help us understand whether a spray dryer, and then we will eventually bridge into other dryers. How do you know whether the dryer you're looking at needs legal or needs hagol? Um, that's the first question. If I'm not mistaken, you spoke about it here when you came. That's, very, poss that's very possible. Yeah. Um, and what we're then we will, once we pass that, that decision, we will say, okay, now, if we have a dry, a spray dryer that needs hagolah, how will you do that? Okay, that's for sure not going to be today. But that will be a later part, as once we're there. But really, the connection we have to halachah is we're trying to understand how do you, when do you need leave and when do you need hagolah. Once we've said that there are cases that need hagolah, then we'll be able to then we'll say how do you practically how do you pull that off? How do you actually get it to the kasher? That, that's a practical question. That's sort of like an outgrowth of this discussion. Okay. Now, before I start, I have to just remind you. We're in halacha aleph. Halacha aleph, we already had that for klicheres, you need to do libun. That's a completely different thing. If you use a klicheres for hot food, you need libun no matter what. That's not what we're talking about. Okay? We're talking about if you did hives in the company on Wednesday, and they have huge pieces of equipment that are made of klicheres. Okay, were they to ever think of the We can't. Even though it's not on a fire and it's not a, a dry product, they need libun. But they couldn't capture their camera. But we're talking about something that's used right on the fire. So when does it need leave and when does it need alcohol? So it turns out, okay, the way the way we're gonna organize it, that there's gonna be four rules okay, as to what makes it decide if it needs leave or it needs alcohol. Um, so we're gonna talk about a little bit about the rules and some application and a drop of discussion. Okay. The first is um, this is something we've talked about before. You only need leave if the product that you're putting on is dry. I put a piece of meat. I put a piece something dry onto a thing, then it needs leave. If you do using a liquid, no matter what, you don't need leave. No matter how much liquid? No matter how much. And really the point is no matter is, even though the liquid is isser, there are those we had spoke about this a few weeks ago, that there are those who hold that if the liquid you need leave if the thing that touches the pot is the isser. Usually when you make a soup, what's touching the pot is the water, and the meat would be floating around. But they say were the were the liquid itself to be the answer, then they say they need to leave it also. Okay? That's not the din. That's not the din. The shakun says but that's not the din. The din is that it, it, you only need to leave it if, the, if, if it's a solid thing touching the clean. And the, and the liquid doesn't have to be water, to be oil. Yes, liquid could be anything. Yes, it could be oil, anything like that. Yes, correct. You, that's a good point. But, but you only need to leave it if there's a, a salad. And we didn't have this discussion, that's not for now. So frying pan. Okay, that's what's back that we're not going to talk about now, that's been much later on, is what happens if you if you put something directly on the fire with a, a little bit of oil or a minimal amount of oil, how much oil is considered that there is liquid in the pan? Okay, we're not talking about that. Okay, that's not in the case of the shadow, later shadow about a machmas. It's mounted to dim later on as to which things, when do you say that a frying pan, but when I say oil, I mean if you deep frying something, okay, if you deep frying something, you won't need liquid. Okay, the thing is sitting in a big container of oil, you know, it's different than cooking with oil, right? Even if that oil would be animal fat, and even if you go but to McDonald's 10 years ago when they used to Real animal fat, and they, you wouldn't need even for that fry. Okay, that's the first thing. That, that's 
that's, what, that's the, the second rule is like this. It has to be that the, that the thing, the, the cooking is being done either on a fire or very close to a fire. If you do it, if you do the cooking on another heat source, not that's on a, on the fire, it's on a different kind of a heat source, or you're very far away from the fire. For example, I take a piece of meat and I put it onto my plate. Okay, forget about that, the cliche. I take a piece of meat and I put it onto my plate. That plate does not need leaving. Even though it's a dry particle and glass in my food, it's not on the fire. You don't need leaving the way the question kind of words they use is that if the fire pushes the bleed deep into the clean. Okay, so if you have a fire, you could need leave one. If you're not on a fire, you just you're on a on a on a counter, you won't need leave one. So a, a, a simple example of that is when you have an oven belt. The belt in which the the, the, the food goes through the oven, that needs leave one. But as soon as the food plops off that belt and goes onto the next belt to move around the plant, that doesn't need leave one because that's not on the fire. You, you now, it's only the one belt that's in the fire that potentially needs leaving. Once you leave the fire and you walk through a different belt, you don't need leaving. Good reason to recommend multiple belts. Multiple belts? Well, All over the place. Okay, well, it, it's not it soon. That one belt that's in the fire is the one that causes yeah. the most problems. That's the one that usually needs to be replaced. Okay, now, but in the game to us, so that sounds like a simple enough thing. But this is the one that causes us the most issues. But let's first get a simple thing through. Um, if you heat something, it, industrially, they don't always heat things with fire. It's common, you can heat things with steam, hot water, hot oil, or even hot air going over a steam pipe. And what they'll do is, if you cook up a kettle of ketchup, they don't have a fire burning on the bottom of that. It's a jacketed kettle. So what's heating up this kettle? What's heating this up? The fire is, is 500 feet away. There's steam surrounding this kettle. That kettle's not on the fire. That's all they do with hot oil. Or they do it with steam, the steam pipes, like a radiator in a house. There'll be steam pipes running. Hot oil hot air, in the jacket. Hot oil could be in the jacket because hot oil usually is hotter. What it is? No, usually it's hot water in the jacket. Right. The hot oil can get hotter than hot water. Mm -hmm. If you want to get a hotter temperature, use hot oil. What type of oil? Mineral, mineral oil. oil. Right. It can get much hotter than, not, not cooking oil, but the mineral oil. Right. And it can get much hotter. So the oil that they have steam coils, they just have steam pipes going back and forth blow the hot air over this thing, so you can make the thing burning hot, but there's no fire there. It's just heat coming from a steam coil. Those things are not considered to be on the fire. What is on the fire is a fire, okay? but there's another example of a fire, which is um, an electric coil. If you have a, and this comes up in, a, in extruders, as we see in this kind of a thing, an extruder is, um, if you want to make something into a shape, you want to make Cheerios or, or uh, pasta or anything in a shape, you make a mass, you make it mush up, you know, you make your, your batter, and then you push it through something that has, that's cut to that shape. Let's say in the Cheerio, it will be cut to the shape of a hole, and then as it's coming out, it's being sliced off to be just the right size that you want. Okay, that's called an extruder. Okay, it extrudes into a shape. Some extruders have a heating element inside the extruder to help the product stay hot and flow through. If it gets too cold, it'll, it won't flow through well. So they have a, an electrical right there keeping the extruder hot. Now, well, there may be a reason why they don't need Leibling, but potentially that extruder needs Leibling because you have, it's right on the fire. Now, on, on, you wouldn't see the big burning gas flame over there, but there's an electric coil in, there sometimes would be an electric coil in the extruder to keep the thing hot, which will mean that potentially that thing that's being extruded needs, if you want to capture it, needs Leibling. 
And we'll hear a possible exception in a second. That would be the simple understanding that that is legal. Okay, now, the question is like this. The, the, and here is where we come to us. This is the, and is the crux of a Shiloh for spectrum. When we, if you have a spectrum, I'm sorry, I should have brought a diagram. If you have a spectrum, here's, here's the dryer. This is what the dryer, this is the dryer, and the product's coming in over here. Okay, now, there's a furnace someplace which is providing the heat for this spray dryer. Okay, you can put the furnace in a bunch of different places. Sometimes they put the furnace here on the floor. Okay, and then they, they vent, they put a pipe up over here to blow the hot air in. Sometimes they put the furnace on like on a ledge that's like two-thirds of the way up, put a furnace over here. Sometimes they put the furnace right here. Is right here as the product is going in, it's a special kind of a spray dryer. That the furnace is right there as the product is coming in, it's being even blown in, it gets a push from the from the spray from the furnace that's right there. Or um, there's a furnace will be over here, basically near the top, and just being blown. The fire blows, the heat blows in like that. Okay, well, so tell me, is this spray dryer on the fire or off the fire? The, the spray dryer is being heated by a fire, right? There's a there's a furnace over here. But is this on the fire or off the fire? Now, how are you going to decide? The question like this: should, should we say should it depend on how many feet away it is? So like, let's say the spray dryer is 50 feet tall, and the thing's on the bottom. So is that too far? Maybe this depends on the relative to how big the thing is. Does it depend on how hot the chamber is? Think of a dozen ways to think of it. What should have to be decided is: is on the fire or off the fire? Okay. So uh, first, I'm going to tell you what what I've heard from Rabbi Belsky, Rabbi Shefter, and Rabbi Heinlein said the same thing as well. Then we'll talk a drop of that riot to them. They have all said that their understanding is what makes something be considered on the fire or off the fire, in this kind of a case, is like this. See, what would happen if you turned on the burner, the fire, and you had no fan blowing air into the chamber? You just had the fire on, but not, no chamber there. Would this chamber get hot would it not get hot? Say it again. What? If the, bur the the fire would be on the furnace, one of these places where there's the fire, if it would be on, and there would be no fan blowing the air in, would the chamber get hot? Or would the chamber not get hot? If it's close enough that it would heat up the chamber by itself, and the fan just so speeds what, things up. To what degree? To a cooking temperature, I'd say. I don't know. But okay. if it would heat it up, the fire's right over here. It would heat up this chamber. Of course it would heat up the chamber. Just the fan helps make it go faster. Then that's considered to be on the fire. The fire is directly affecting the food in here. Excuse me, and um, this is considered on the fire and needs to be. Has the fire to be able to do its job? Or no, to just have a cook. It would be a, a cooking temperature in here. That would be that's considered on the fire. If the fire is away from the chamber, to, if, I'm sorry, it's enough away from the chamber that without the fan it would never heat up the chamber. That's not considered to be on the fire. That's considered to be off the fire. And we look at it. This is yeah, heat is coming into this thing, but it's not. Don't you run the risk of even if it's away from the fire, if it's heating it up a little bit, won't that create a vacuum within the chamber uh, and it will draw the, the heat even even more? So you're saying is that if we make a little bit of heat, it would eventually build up some kind of a vacuum that would cause even more heat to come into it. Right. So you're saying that then it might be that if it's a little far away, it really does it really is able to heat it up. I'm, okay. I'm asking right. if that's you're, possible. Of course, it's, of course it's possible. But when but let's think the other case. The spray dryer is 50 feet tall, and the fire is over here. Okay, we, you could stand there all day. It's not going to heat this thing up. So, if I, 
I'm not saying that in every case it will be obvious whether it does or doesn't, but at least we have a rule. We could we have a way to figure out to, a, a beginning of how to judge. Does, is this on the fire or is it off the fire? If it's on the fire, if it's on the fire, then it shouldn't need to on it. If it's off the fire, if it's off the fire, then it doesn't need to leave on it. You can catch it with half all of that. Piping the leading from the furnace, at least for a little bit of time, a little bit of distance, the entire, yeah. Well, the product is the food here. Right. If the fire is over here, the food is only up here. There's no food going to be down here. Normally, yeah. In a script, here we're talking about the fire here, this venting here to bring all the heat all the way up to the air. Right, it's a one way trip. Right. So, so that, they have all agreed that that's what it is. And I wanted to, I will, at the end of the show, should tell you, I can give you a copy of this. Right, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the technicalities, okay? But the way uh, you'll see here, Ravelsky said the following. He said he thought he had a riot um, about this issue. He said he used to think, he used to think that the only time it's considered on the fire is if the fire is managed in the chamber. If the fire is out of the chamber, it's not considered, no matter what, it's not in the fire. Even uh, half a foot away, it's not in the fire. Okay. Not in the chamber. If it's not in the chamber, it's considered all the fire. What? The spray dryers are very right. They like that. Right now, wait a second. Why did he say this? So this is a this is a Leo Brodowski. He said as well. Me and Yossi learned from the class. There's three different kinds of heat, and I don't remember what they are. Okay, there's three different kinds of heat. There's radiant heat and convection and conduction. I think they're called. Okay, and there's three different ways that heat transfers from a heat source to a Finished to a food. Okay, and in the clear they were explaining the miles and the surroundings of the different ways of making heat. Radiant heat, that's the one that's negated to us, means that the fire, when it has direct, not contact, but direct, uh, it faces that thing directly, this heat goes straight from the fire into the thing. Radiant heat, the, the example I know is in your toaster, in your toaster oven, you have the red hot coils. Okay, that's conduction. <laughs> Sunlight. Because the sunlight is out of the head, but the middle is going to be cold. It's a ray. It's going directly from one. Okay. Well, that the head is going to be very cold. Yeah, but the, the, the ray comes down. Okay.
Wouldn't that also depend on what the surface is inside? What do you mean? Uh, the chamber. I mean, if it's a if it's a very shiny, like uh, a polished stainless steel, as compared to uh, a black finish, the the polished stainless steel is going to uh, going to increase uh, you know the radiant heat. More. So you're saying that would make even more radiant heat. If that's what the smart I'm asking if that okay potentially, but this potentially, but this whole idea of radiant heat does concern he doesn't he he brought right. We'll talk about the right for a second. The right you, you wouldn't believe it. the the. The Tzlach says in Pesachim that at the beginning of the parable of the kids, it's talking about how you cook the carbon Pesach. The Gemara that talks about whether you can cook the carbon, you, you have to roast it in the fire. What happens if you hang the animal in a chamber that used to have a fire, but no longer has a fire in it? You put a fire in, you heat it up, and then you pull the fire out, and now you just have a hot chamber. That's considered cooked on a fire. That's the Tzlach. That's considered that you cooked it on a fire. Okay, that's the Gemara talks about whether that is or is not considered sleage. For a carbon pesach, it's not. For a carbon pesach, it's not considered sleage. So, um, the Tzlach says, he says, from the fact that you could talk about this cooking a carbon pesach means other Yisurim are not a problem. He says, what about the blood that's in the animal? The blood that's in the animal, if you roast it in a fire, you're going to draw the blood out of it. And then you can let eat the animal. But if there's no fire in the chamber, what about the blood that's absorbed into the in the things? How are you going to kosher it? Forget about how are you going to cook it for a carbon pesach. How are you going to kosher the animal, the, the blood that's inside the carbon pesach? So he says, you see, so the tzach says, you see from there that you can kosher a liver, even that's the case. You can kosher a liver even if there's no fire, as long as it's hot. You don't have to kosher the liver on the fire. You can kosher the liver in a hot chamber also, even if there's no physical fire. If there used to be a fire, you can kosher it also. That's what he says. That's what he wants to say. And so Rebelsky says, I'm going to get back to the Sakha. So Rebelsky says, you see from here that things are considered on the fire, even if there's no fire in the chamber. Here, here you're roasting, you're, you're, bro you're broiling the liver without any fire there. So you see that something could be considered on the fire, even if there's no actual flame in the chamber. So that's he thought that proved, this proved what he said. He had said that it depends on the, that the flame is in the fire. In the, says, in the chamber, and he says, this proves that you don't have to have the flame in the chamber. Okay, now there's, there's a few questions on what he said, which is that the Tzlach himself says, he brings this right in, but then the Tzlach says, you know, it's against the places. It, it's not against us. He says, yeah, we can give a different answer. How did they get rid of the blood? Maybe they sold the animal before they put it into there. Okay, which he says, Tyson says you're, it seems that Tyson says, you're allowed to sold the corporation before you put it in. Okay, so he questions that. He wonders why the Tzlach is not convinced of what Tyson says that you're lattice That's what he has to be you about whether you're lattice with the animal or not. But when he's finished, I have to re tell you that this is, the Tzach doesn't say it the way I said it. The Tzach says, whenever people would come to ask me the Shia, I would tell them it's usher. That they're not allowed, that's not considered to be a broiled liver. Then I started to wonder, maybe you could make up for this reason. He doesn't, and they said, but my reason to be Bako is not on Tyson's. So, so it's hard, and they said, well, maybe Tyson's is not right. So the Tzach didn't say that it's Muslim. Does not say in the top that you're allowed to broil your livers in an oven chamber without firing. That's not what he says. He says, I told people that it was awesome. And I have a reason why it might be mutter. So what I'm saying is, to bring a riot from the top, when the top himself doesn't say that it's mutter, the top says it's just a reason to possibly think it's mutter, which is not like touches and not like what he used to tell people. Okay, that's mutter. And the second thing is that, that the top says, by carbon Pesach, the, the Mishnah says, this is not kosher for carbon Pesach. Okay, you're not allowed to roast the carbon pesach because it's not considered sleage. 
the Gemara on the next plot has two Torotsim as to whether that possible of complete age that tells you that it has to be on an actual physical fire, not just the hot chamber, is that special for Korb's Pesach, or is that a lean with the Kol Tarakula? According to the terms of the Gemara, that it's a lean with the Kol Tarakula, so the Gemara is saying the favors that you have to have a real fire. When we say something's on the fire, it means it means on a real fire. So this whole class is built really on one terms of the Gemara. One shot of the Gemara is that it's for Korb's Pesach, one tip is for Kol Tarakula. Okay, so according the whole class himself is on only on one thing. But I have to tell you that even though we're questioning the riot from either even though we're questioning the riot from from the Tzach, that happens to be the Primogogan in Hagol's Caleb, that one was the Primogog in Hagol's Caleb, says exactly this thing. He says that if you take a cleat, you cook food in an oven that had no fire, that used to have a fire on it, and then you took the fire out of it, and then you cook the food into it, that clean you sleep it's a premium problem right in Hosea Sakon's Caleb of exactly this case it comes from Mogadar Fong it comes from Mogadar Fong it's because it's our age because this I mean this we understand a sorrow for this there was a fire here it's not just you know hot it was, there was a fire here fire was taken out it's still considered to be on the fire so premium says that that thing is considered our age and you need legal answers he's talking about Mamashar case we don't have to go with the current paper. Would it depend how hot it is in the chamber? Okay, we'll get to it in a second. Right, we're going to get there. That, that's the third rule. Okay, but then, yes, our second rule. I'm, I'm going to ask you to hold that for a second. Okay? Right. So, so far, we have two rules. These are the two um, two of the simple rules, which are the only leave-in if, the, if there's a dry product being cooked, a piece of meat, a piece of bread, or something like that, and you only leave-in if the food is being cooked on a fire or close to a fire or in, in, in a, with an electric oil. But if you have some kind of other heat source, or you're off the fire, then there's no leaping. Then you never have or, or a kid that was once on a fire. Or a kid, that's correct. We're saying that a kid that was once on the fire. That's correct. Right. Yes. We should get that in there. It's clear that he's in the fire now, close to the fire, or we used to be on the fire. That's what we consider to be. That's the clear that needs to be. Yes, you're right. That's the clear that needs to be. Um, but other kids don't. So now, now, we're going to get to the other things in a second, but just to pause at this point, the reason to say that a spray dryer doesn't need to be good okay, is based on that second rule. In many cases, the spray dryer is not close enough to the fire, um, and therefore doesn't need to be okay, we, we will talk more about that in a different week as to whether, how we apply that to a spray dryer, okay, and some of the history of how spray dryers are designed and how we catch them. That, that's a whole history, whatever it is. Okay. But that, that's potentially the theory. Okay, we're not right now, but in theory, that's how you can decide whether, it's not just a spray dryer, any dryer. We're going to talk about, Mirza Hashem in other weeks, other dryers, if you have a floor bed dryer, well, how do I know if you need to leave it or hug Okay, so, so people will put focus on making hug You have to first decide does it need to leave it or hug So these are the things to decide. It, at this place that I was at the other day that had the cheres, they also had a furnace that was obviously needed to leave one. Okay, it was in a big, huge furnace with a fire burning in it. I don't think I can get burning right inside it. Okay, so, so it's, Say, so you have to first decide if the dryer needs or doesn't need. Okay, so we'll talk about the different kinds like of dryers. What is a fluid bed dryer? Fluid bed dryer. We'll do it. Okay, that will be part of the, as we get to other dryers. So what a fluid bed dryer is. It's a different kind of dryer that heats with hot air. Sometimes that hot air has a fire burning there. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it has steam coils. So you got to know which one it does before you decide how you're going to capture it. Okay, we'll get to those. Okay, we'll do that in a different week of all the different dryers. Okay, so we have two of the rules. Now, there's the Mirza Shem, two more rules. One is like this. One is from Rebelsky. It's his own. It's his own absolutely, completely his own svar, but we will hear there's a lot of basis to what he says, which is, he says that uh, if the cleat, this is what you mentioned before, if the cleat 
never gets higher than 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Never gets higher than 200 degrees. Don't leave He says, the post can talk about the Libun is because the fire has such a strength that makes the bleed go in so deeply. He says, how could it be that if it's less than 200 degrees, he says, in less than 200 degrees, you could put your hand into there and it wouldn't get out. It's not the kind of thing that's uncomfortable and you could sit there and not be affected by that thing. So how could it be that you could say the fire has this really tremendous strength and it can put a push a bleed into something when it's mom's just warm, to, to, not, not to touch, to put your hand into it. If you put your hand into it, it wouldn't be terribly uncomfortable. And therefore, it's hard to believe that that's the kind of strong fire that Chazal were talking about. Okay, put your hand into it. That's what he said. I don't know. Which is that the 
dry product, that's all the fire, has to, the only things that need to leave it are the things that are in direct contact with that dry product. That means is, if I put uh, challah into a baking pan, and I bake the challah into a baking pan, the pan needs leibun to be kashif for Pesach. But the oven chamber does not need leibun. The, cha- the oven chamber was used to cook uh, dry product right on the fire, but the oven chamber does not need leibun gum. The oven chamber, the, it does have bleas, but those bleas, well, maybe challah is an example, it does have, we'll assume it has bleas, but the bleas that it has do not need leibun gum. Okay, and it's, it's almost a precarious thing in this, uh, even though Hagol came in tough Nunalas and tough Nun days, in tough Samahals, it tells you how to catch your oven. Okay? It's there, just how to catch your oven. And the sorry, how to catch your oven. And what you do is, says you fill up the floor of the oven. They used to bake on the floor of the oven. You fill up the floor of the oven with coals, and that's how you catch your oven. So, I think it's smoking up from says, He says, wait a second. He says, what about the roof of the oven? What about the whole rest of the oven? What happened? You only catch on the floor. You don't fill up the whole thing with coals. You just fill the floor. You cover the floor with coals. So, so to which he says, the rest of the oven doesn't need leibun gomer. The rest of the oven just needs leibun kalor hakolah. Well, the heat coming off of all those coals is going to make a leibun kalor. The rest of the oven, the floor where you put the actual bread, that needs leibun gomer. The rest of the chamber doesn't. But then he was the same <coughs> shot. I, I was, I must say, there's a rim around there, like the two hours, two inches, and nothing goes on. On a belt, dry. Okay. So you don't only have gomer on the part that it touches, not on the. No, no I'm not saying that part. You think if, if this was in that oven, how do you know? Maybe the oven might be constructed out of one, one uh, cell. Maybe the place spread like that all the way down. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe, maybe it has to do with how far you can place go. You think it's modest, just on the spot that touched the hoop? Okay, okay, that could be. I, I, I can't say that it's not true. I wasn't trying to say it. I didn't mean to say modest only the, the four inches that have it and not the inch of ice. But I'm, I meant just to say modest, the whole chamber, or not, but, so, but in an oven, we said the oven belt needs to leave in gummer. But the the rest of the oven just needs leibun kal or hagol, which is easy, okay, relatively easy to do. It's the belt that causes the problems, okay? And of course, now I, I do have to tell you that there is a there is a primo who says that. Okay? Primo who says that if you have a bleed from a dry product rising up, it causes whatever it hits also needs leibun, but, but it's very much not accepted. That, that's the, the such primo that says like that, but it's not accepted. And we say that only the things that actually have contact with the iser, with the dry iser, they're the ones that need hagol. Everyone else holds that. The, the things that rise out of the, the food, let's say the piece of meat that's on your, in your oven, the things that come up are liquids. That's treated as a liquid. So when the bleed rises up from the piece of meat and hits the roof of your oven, it's not a dry thing. The, the people says, well, if it's a dry thing in your oven, then the bleeds that are hitting it are dry bleeds. And everybody else says that, no, the bleeds that are coming up are vapors, are liquids that are coming out of it, and they're what hits the top is considered a liquid hit the top, and therefore needs to have That's what everybody else says. Okay? Um, I mean, you know, one surface might be very porous, like uh, uh, if it's a, uh, it's a brick oven. Mm, that's right. Yes. So, so what it, the difference is, is that if the surface is so porous that it's a klicheris, then it needs hagol no matter what. Even if you keep cooked up a pot of soup in there, you need it needs leave it. If it's if it's such a porous surface, then that's what cheris is. That it's such a porous surface that you need leave it no matter no matter what you do. You can't do hagol to it. Um, but regular metal surfaces are considered that they can have a goal with them. Except, so we're talking about it, but if you did directly on it, that's a different, it's not because of the surface of it, it's because of the fire, and these leaving. That's a. So if you have circulating heat, 
like a spray dryer or whatnot. And it starts off liquid at the top, but by the time anything hits the bottom because of the circulation, instead of rising, it's falling. Yes. It's dry at the bottom, anything touching the wall, maybe the bottom of the spray dryer is what then requires right. open because it's dry that has been touching the Yes, correct. The Look, container. In a spray dryer, anything that hits the wall is dry. Liquids don't hit the wall in a spray dryer. So you're capturing the walls because dry products hit them, not because liquid products hit them. So they potentially need to need them. And, and the way out of it, the reason they don't need it would be because of because the fire is too far away that they're considered to be off the fire. Okay? Fine. That's what's happening. So, I, I, you know, so the 